Let's get ready to rumble! Hello and welcome to Netflix vs. Cinema, the podcast that does what it says in the tin. We usually go Netflix vs. Cinema. My name is Tosin, I am your host, and I am based in the Midlands, but not, not near Coventry anymore, now closer to Birmingham, a nice place in Worcestershire called Bromsgrove. And joining me on the Isle of Wight, as always, are Sharon. Hello. And Sean. Oh, yeah. Yes. Now, um, we... As 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 I was saying, the name as the name says, Netflix versus cinema. We usually talk about things. We watch a couple of things at home on Netflix. Watch a couple of things at the cinema, um, and then we weigh them up against each other. But seeing as we are in 2020 and it is just a totally uncertain time where nobody knows whether we're coming or going, and we don't know when cinemas are coming back, we are kind of like Netflix versus the idea of cinema. <laughs> <laughs> So what we're doing in the meantime is, I mean, I know at the beginning of lockdown, we had a whole bit where we were interviewing people about films and about cinema and all that. And we will do that every now and then when I can figure out what I'm doing after a house move. And um, uh, but at this time, it's just going to be what we've seen at home. It's going to be what we've seen on Netflix. We're going to talk about the things that we've seen over the while. But before we do that, did you guys see the news? My wife sent me a, a, a link earlier today saying, oh, Check this out. Uh, I think this would be a good thing to discuss in the podcast. And you know, in Bristol, where there is a plinth, there was a plinth that usually recent until recently had a statue of Colson on it. Yep. That yep. got knocked over during uh, the Black Lives Matter protests. Did you see that somebody had put a Darth Vader figurine on that plinth? Oh no! Because obviously Dave Prowse. Yes, because we had Dave Frouse who played that Vader, who was the yeah. man in the suit, the man behind the mask walking up and down. He died in the last week. And as a tribute to him, someone has gone and put a Darth Vader statue on there and just left it there for a, a, a while. And I just thought that that's now, now that's also, now that is that's just awesome. Yeah. That... <laughs> so in a hundred years, they'd look at that. If it was Darth Vader, they'd look at that and go, what the heck? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I know. And obviously, eventually, it's going to get removed. It will get removed, yeah. but 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 for the five minutes or so that I was up, I think it, yeah. that that's it's like kudos to whoever thought of that. Kudos to whoever put that up there. Genius idea. Yeah, because to me, he's as well as Darth Vader. He's still the Green Cross Code Man. Because I was just at that age in the nineteen seventies when he was the face of road safety in Great Britain. So whenever I was, when we talk about road safety, we always do, you know, stop, look, listen, think. It's it's just ingrained in me that, and that is the Green Cross Code was stop, you know, stop, look, listen, think before you cross the road. It's that's. It did, yeah, it did run around. Uh, yeah, that was ingrained in in my always road safety. Always remember the Green Cross Code. Whoops. Yes. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so no, if you're wondering, if you're listening to this just audio only and you're wondering what's happening, Sean is currently having tripod issues. Or uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, trying to, I'm trying to get it so it stands up. He's trying to sort out his phone, trying to put, try to put it yeah, in yeah, such yeah, a way. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah but I'll just, I'll just hold it. You just need to get a bear that is stuffed with what is he stuffed with? Horse, you know, sawdust or something. This bear is go. so solid. Precariously balanced. Precariously balanced. <laughs> you see, now, now this is this is the kind of thing that. Oh well, I I guess 
we used to do the we okay with Netflix Cinema. We've always done this podcast remotely. So when things came up and when when um, lockdown hit, it didn't change the way we did the podcast that much because. Uh, because since I moved off the Isle of Wight, you guys, uh, it would always be a case that we would meet up. But you guys used to meet up and then you guys couldn't for that. Yeah. But I think this is one of the things that we never really thought about because we never used, to, we never had a video aspect to it. But now it's all kind of like, okay, what are the different people's sort of stabilization techniques for their phone? <laughs> Sharon uses a bear. Who is it, is it? Is it the same bear? It's the same bear. Yeah. It's the same bear. Okay. What's, what's his name again? Charity. Charity, that's it. Char- Charity is now a like you know a valued member of the team. Holds ca- holds Sharon's yeah. phone, and Sean Sean is just figuring out your your precarious way. Yeah, of- mine's, mine's a steel Scottish mineral water bottle with powerful. <laughs> <laughs> and and I use a laptop, so it's nice. So so I don't have to worry about I don't have to worry too much about uh, about that. But um. Anyway, yes, David Prowse. We're talking about David Prowse because I was not in the in this in the UK in the eighties, so I didn't know about the Green Course Code. But um, yeah, it was a it was a Darth Vader thing. But obviously, whenever people talk about David Prowse and people say, "Oh, did you know Darth Vader?" When I was getting to my film buffer, he's like, "Do you know Darth Vader was an Englishman from Bristol?" And it's like, "What? That 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 doesn't sound right." <laughs> but anytime they would mention, they would always mention the Green Course Code, man. But uh, David Prowse, rest in peace and know that you've made your mark people will remember you forever for um especially because star wars is going nowhere even though we might beg for it to stop solving <laughs> your legacy it's going nowhere well <laughs> it's um yeah it's going nowhere especially with the mandalorian i mean i've i've been watching the mandalorian but obviously i'm finished yet but yeah yeah well, is that yeah, season so one or season two it's going really really strong and i think it's really really popular isn't it it is popular. They've, I think they've just, um, I think they've just, they're doing season two at the moment, and they have okayed it for season three. Wow. So yeah, I think, I think the Mandalorian, Mandalorian is going strong. It's, um, uh, and from what I hear, it might redeem the entire Star Wars thing. For, from what I'm hearing, it, it might do that. Yeah, I think, I think, it, I think it probably, yeah, I think it probably does. <laughs> 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 yeah because we don't want to get back into a rise of skywalker thing because no, no, yeah no. yeah i think sean you and i have made our, our thoughts really well yeah. known and sharon has uh, a bit more politely made her thoughts really well known as well <laughs> but anyway let's get into what it is that we have been watching this week we know as far as the versus is concerned netflix is one because there is no cinema but there's still stuff out there that we can be getting our teeth into so sharon you've been watching a show called what barbarians Barbarians on yes. Netflix. Uh, that's on Netflix. It's yes. a German mini series. I'm trying to think whether it's six or eight parts because I watched it boom, 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 you know, over over three nights. So yes, it's it's basically um, the story of the Roman Empire and how the Romans invaded the Germanic lands. They're obviously there is tribal like Britain was, and so <clears throat> it wasn't Germany then. But um, they're called sort of Germania uh, in the sort of the Roman world, and how basically they um, they took a step too far, and how some of the local tribes rose up against them, and it is the story of those German tribes versus the Roman Empire. All right. And it's, if you know that your history, then you know, the Battle of the Teutonberg Forest is there won't be any surprises in there. Uh, but if you don't know that period of history, then 
then it's 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 quite gripping stuff um, because it is an interesting it's like for us it's like you know when we think about the roman invasion of britain and the different battles if you start you mention boudicca you instantly get a picture in your head of the, the sequence of events and what led to them and the consequences and there are certain key things that happen so if you were german if you talked about you know Teutonburg forest then you would go instantly they would probably name the war leader i don't want to name the war leader in my review because if you don't know the story it's a complete spoiler <coughs> <laughs> but oh, if you I, do know I, the story I, I, you're I, waiting I for I, it to... i won't but i could have a good guess <laughs> yeah you're won't. waiting for this particular person to be made known and when they do are made known you're not going oh that's how are they going to go from you know get yeah. to where they ended up so i thought it was really interesting i knew that period of history that's why i wanted to watch it because I'd read about that sort of the Roman sort of incursions into Germania. It's it's a similar time frame to uh, when Gladiator was set. Okay. So you've got you see at the beginning of Gladiator, you've got those sort of Germanic tribal wars. Yeah. Set in a similar period of time, but this is where the Teutonburg Forest is where a number of disparate German tribes united against uh, the Romans. All right. And uh, yes. So, so with this, oh, now the because every now and then Netflix comes up with a show like when they came up with Warrior Nun that I look at and I go, that looks like Netflix just doing Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And I saw, I saw Barbarians, and I think the poster for Barbarians prominently features, I think it's a woman in sort of tribal face paints. Yeah. And yeah, and I look at that and I go, how is this not just Vikings? <laughs> I think Vikings has helped it along, but it's it is. There are, there are elements of Vikings in there where they suddenly go, hey, there's some interesting stories in ancient history. and But I think because it's German-made, I think it's got more of a, a sort of a Germanic feel about it. And obviously they have a, a certain reverence for their history though, mm. that they're rediscovering. Because in, in some ways, because of the militarization of Germany in the sort of 19th and 20th centuries, um, modern Germans have been like, you know, we don't want to know that part of our past. Yeah, and, and a lot of these sort of the earlier Germanic histories, their military history, especially, was 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 really downplayed and tried to forgotten. But people are rediscovering it in a way that they're saying, okay, we look at it in a different light. This is not to foster our own sense of like nationalism. This is about appreciating that we've got this varied, rich history that we shouldn't know because of recent past. We shouldn't be embarrassed of all of our history. Yeah, but people have used the Schubert Forest in the 19th century and in the early 20th to say, look, Germany is like ah, and it was used, you know, in a, in a negative context. But now they're trying. They're, you gather from what I've read about the making of this film, is that yeah, they're trying to rediscover that sort of sense of national identity without shame, so that they can say this was a part of our history that we can say this part of our history again. Whereas yeah, they've they really shied away from doing that for a long, long time. So I, I, as a taken out of its social context or historical context, as a piece of filmmaking, I thought it was entertaining. There's some engaging characters. You follow follow like a group of characters all the way through it, um, to you know, through these episodes, through, through the Romans and through the, the sort of the Germans, and yeah, you sort of get invested in in what's going on. So there's some interesting twists. Like Vikings, they use the whole. Um, mythology of not 
the druids, but that sort of druidic, you know, folk magic, folk. Yeah. Um, I was just trying to think how how you describe it, like the wise woman in the woods. They they you, they have the weird guy in the mysticism. Yeah, that mysticism. That's the word. Yep. So, Sean, you were going to say something. Running through it, but you, Shawnee? Yeah, no, I was just I was just picking up on on the revisionist history of Germany and that because I think a while ago when we when we did a review, I did a review of Generation War, which was a, a little mini series, which was you know that was about like like a German nurse and that that you know. So I think. I think for so long it had been, you know, oh, we can't do anything to do with war. I mean, I like board games and the, the German board games are games like Carcassonne and all that. And there's no, you know, yep. like we have like Risk and yeah. But, but in yeah. Germany, that there was nothing to do with conflict really, or no, no yeah. nothing. Settlers to do of with. Catan, that kind of thing. Yeah, Settlers of Catan. Yeah, there's another one. And um, so. I think, I, yeah, I, I agree with Chow, and I think they're... So I, I didn't realise this was a German production, but, you know, having said that, I should imagine it's uh, it, it's quite good. Well, the thing is, well, you guys know me. You know when I get... I have my moments when I get on my soapbox, and I start going, yeah. well, and I'm all about people telling their own stories. I'm all about, like, you know, uh, uh, if you have Germans, if you have whatever it is, telling their own stories as opposed to some other people coming in and picking over their culture... So Germans telling their own history, I'm all for it. And yeah. um and I will be even more for it when when you have African shows doing that. Oh my god, I can't yeah. wait for that. Oh. Uh, you know, you know because that I'll tell you one thing that keeps that keeps bugging my head and it's so, one of these things when I eventually get over my own fears of thinking I will be rubbish at it and making TV shows about Af- I I want to be like, okay, fine. We know all about the Elizabeth the First era. We know all about this because it keeps getting brought up and brought up all around the world and being being presented as history, as world history. I'm like, what was happening in Africa at the same time? What was happening in what is now Nigeria at the same? And I want to go and make a TV show about what was happening in Nigeria at the same time. But it's oh yeah, but oh oh that would be glorious. But, but anyway, so Sharon, how many stars? How many stars would you give Barbarians? I would give it a four-star review. I found it engaging, entertaining. And yeah, I looked to see if they were going to do another bit. Um, so yeah, to me, it was yeah, it was a good watch. Uh, it was worth a watch, yeah, so four. Good stuff. Sean, you were going to say something. Yeah, I was. I'd forgotten what it was. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, don't worry, Sean. Don't worry, Sean. I'm getting to that age myself. No, 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 yeah, yeah. Yeah, the, I think the frequency of me walking into a room and looking around and going, "What did I come in here for?" has it's it's beginning to worry me. It's just it's just increased <laughs> the frequency of doing that. <laughs> so, all right, and now we move on to. I think we're all on Netflix today. Everything that we've watched today has been on Netflix. So, uh, well, Sean, you watched the and this is one of the big Netflix things at the moment. One of the Netflix blockbuster things, The Queen's Gambit. Queen's Gambit, yeah. The Queen's yeah, Gambit. Yeah, the, um, the story basically it's like uh, um, this girl who's, who goes to an orphanage, and you know she's quite young, but she she happens to go down to the cellar get rid of some rubbish, and she sees a guy playing chess, and, and like like the the janitor guy, and she says, "Oh, can you teach me to play?" He goes, "No, I can't," and he's like really really horrible. Anyway, she she manages to persuade him, and he sort of you can see look, and he's he says you resign now and she goes what's that and so, so he sort of explains the game but obviously he's like whoa something's a bit so he I mean it's, it's really funny because he's, he's quite he's not nice to, to her but yeah. he's quite he, he is in a way do you know what I mean he's got that sort of way anyway so he teaches her the game and 
and then he just says, you know, well, you need to, I think we need to, this is somebody, bring somebody in to see. And it gradually goes. So she gets a little bit older and she starts going to all the competitions and she gets a little bit better. And it's, well, well she gets adopted. She gets adopted by, I don't want to really give away too many spoilers. But anyway, she, yeah. so she gets adopted yeah. by a family and so she can, and and then it's like, oh, you can win money at these events. So she, she so I won't really... The yeah, whole story. it sort of goes from the 50s to the 40s, 50s, 60s, and it is. I really, really sort of love that era. You know, I really, I guess, I guess goes, you know, a bit of nostalgia there with the cars yeah. and what. But, um, and well, I mean, Anna Taylor Joy's just like she's like right up there for me with um, with you know the some some of the other actresses. She's she's absolutely brilliant. She's absolutely, yeah. and she's so can take it even in this it's like she's so many different personas with the fashions with yeah once she starts to become known she goes a bit but then she becomes a little bit of a uh an alcoholic which you know she gets a bit carried away you know like people can get carried away and then but she's got all her friends around her and then she goes to these big competitions and all the friends that she's met through the series they're all like yeah i'm saying no this is what you gotta do this is what you gotta do and and i like chess as a game anyway so yeah it, it was um it was a. It was really, really compelling. I did it in a sort of one of those binge watches, you know, over a couple of days, like so, because yeah. it, it was that good. Um, it, it it seems is because I mean the, this is the kind of thing that if I could if I could go into giving it a NAF title or a NAF subtitle, it's almost kind of like chess, drugs, and rock and roll. Is how yeah, 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 that would, that would, yeah, yeah, yeah. You could that could be like it's uh, also known as yeah, yeah, but, uh, yeah. Because it, it, the, I've seen I've seen the trailer for it, and I, I agree with you, Anya Taylor Joy. I mean, anything that she does, you're like, well, that's worth a look. It, yeah, it's yeah, it's worth a look yeah. to see to, to see what she done now. What, who is she now? How has she changed herself now? And um, but it seems like they they focus a lot on the sort of sixties aesthetic. They focus on the woman in a was mostly a man's world playing chess. Yeah. And yeah. uh, they focus on the fact that she's up to her eyeballs in drugs. <laughs> yeah. yeah, she's. I mean, the thing is, what's so good about it? It is a man's world, and it is like in the orphanage. You think, you know, she could be because she's like the smaller one. She might get, but but she holds her own. If you know what I mean, she's yep. quite. She's quite astute. She's quite. She's. You know, she's astute. She sort of knows how to handle situations, except when she gets a little bit carried away with the sauce. You know. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, I mean, it's, it's it's made chess really, really popular. I think. I think like chess has come on as a as a, as a really good game now because of, uh, because of this because people love this and it's like oh, especially um, in a lockdown, what else are you gonna do? So <laughs> well, exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah. As a chess, I mean, I I used to um, I, I haven't for a while now, but I used to play chess online quite a lot back for a while. And like, I mean, my moniker was Bugman and. I remember I was playing this American dude once and he sent back and he said, I've gone off at a tangent, but anyway, he said, so what are you, some kind of pest exterminator? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was quite funny. But I, the, the trouble is with that, with the online thing, I can't play and do that chat thing at the same time. So, you know, oh, yeah. like, you know like they come up and they say, oh, well, what are you doing? But, so I haven't really, I don't play much online now. I just play on it on a pad <laughs> and I old I school cheat. with I can cheat I go undo move you know what I mean oh, I, made a move. <laughs> I, I shouldn't I shouldn't and I know I shouldn't because it's only cheating myself but I do on the odd page and I thought oh I messed up there undo uh. <laughs> you couldn't do in the real in the real time but knowing the rules of chess and all the different things they that that comes into it they don't focus terrifically amount on the, the chess games just you know a few but like with the castle in and, and yeah. 
the, the squared and all that. So yeah, so it was, this was really right up my street, real bonus. And and I thought all the acting from all the all the characters was was terrific. And I particularly liked her adoptive mum. I thought I thought she played a really good part. I wouldn't know who the actress is. Mm. Now looking, but, um, yeah. So, so so do we do we know if it's based on any kind of truth or any kind of true events or it, because. I don't think it's based on based anything. Based on a novel, isn't it? I think it's based on yeah. a novel. Based on a novel. All right, okay. Because my first thought when I heard it, I was like, "Ooh, is this woman playing chess in the '60s? Is this is this true? Is it this actually?" Uh, and uh, so, yeah. But, but anyway, but it's one yeah. of those things I have on my list, and it's it's yet another win for Netflix in this lockdown period. I think Netflix yeah. has just churned them out. Netflix has well, we they kicked off with what Tiger King. They now have the Queen's yeah. Gambit. There's something else I'm thinking of that everybody was just ch- talking about for for like a couple of weeks before the next thing that Netflix brings out. But I mean, I think Netflix. Have... Nola Holmes. No, no, Nola Holmes didn't make that much. It wasn't as big a thing. It's usually the series. It's usually yeah. the series that that Netflix have. But there's something else I cannot put my finger on. I can't remember. But I know during this period that they've done something that has just that people were like, oh wow, wow, Netflix, Netflix, Netflix. Go get a Netflix account just to watch this. So, Sean, how many stars would you give The Queen's Gambit? Okay, I'm going to give this a uh, super four, a big, big four, nearly okay. touching a five, big four. All right, all right. It's the, and also, Sean, now, every now and then on the podcast, we talk about Sean going to beast mode. Because, <laughs> Sean, when, when we have cinemas around, Sean has, regularly has weeks where he decides everything needs to be seen by him that every every single film needs to be seen and i think now now we've got you out of the hospital now you're back i i think i've taken this as a very good sign that you are getting back to full health that you did try and see everything this week and this was just like a small section we're like okay we're picking this one sean this is the one we're picking but you did also tell us about something that you tried to watch while you were in hospital and I'll let you tell us what it was. Tell us what it was, and then I'll, there, and then I, I don't want to spoil your reaction to it. Tell us, tell us what it was, and tell us what your reaction was. <laughs> um, yeah, it was. Uh, you know, you'll have to tell me because I've forgotten what it was. <laughs> I know I sent it under text. Emma Dale. Emma Dale. Oh yes, Emma Dale. <laughs> the land of uh, it, it it obviously <laughs> made a massive, massive impression on Sean, as you can tell. Yeah, I, basically, it was. Um, I think I mean this was this was back a, a couple of weeks when I was convalescent I guess you could say and yeah. it was just really really nice easy should we say easy watching and I thought oh and then I had to start asking a few questions about well what's that that you know where's, what's that the background of that girl so yeah so it was quite I can understand and that's when I decided right this is time you now you have got to <laughs> you can watch a week's worth of Emma Dow you need to start. <laughs> Thinking about going for walks and taking yourself down because otherwise I'd have, I'm a super, I'd have got into EastEnders and there's a lot of them, you know. Yeah. I how, how people would get into it because yeah. there are some storylines and I think with with the Emmerdale I found there was there was a comedic element as well. You know, there were some bits which were quite quite amusing. It was quite funny and there there was some serious stuff as well. A bit which I thought mm, that's a bit you know me and mine, but I, I still I watched it and I. I could understand how people might get into that sort of watching soaps, you know. So yes, yeah, so I'll my mum used to watch. Emmerdale was um was close. Do you, do you watch soaps at all, um, Sharon? I don't watch anything like that. No, we used no. to watch Emmerdale. That was the one, the last one we gave up. But there's a big commitment to watch it every night, 
And yeah. so that's when my mum fat discovered uh, Walker, Texas Ranger. He, um, <laughs> he took over from Emmerdale in her affections for uh, for a long time. She watched every single episode twice. She did it round the block because they keep on repeating it on CBS Action. Yeah. And so you start at the beginning of the season and then you watch right through to when it's the last episode. And so she watched them all twice before we now we, we move on to like Sony action movies or something. <laughs> when, when there's something that mum <laughs> takes her eye. <laughs> so <laughs> so yeah, that's what we, we did leave. That's why we, we, we were and we did watch Emmerdale, yeah. Yeah, but it's like Walker Texas Rangers. It's kind of like a soap, but with high kicks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there was a, there was a film first of all, I think, and and the only bit I've ne- I can't remember any other Texas Ranger uh, or the Walker Texas Ranger. But the beginning of this one, whether it was the film or the series, but they sort of a couple of heavy hoods have got him. A couple of like Mexican hoods have got him. Sort of one arm each of them, and the old big dude comes up and he says. A Texas Ranger, was it? A Texas Ranger kicked my father's teeth in. Would you kick my teeth in, Texas Ranger? And of course, he does a flippy kick and <laughs> kicks all his teeth out, and then takes the two that have got hold of him. So yeah, that's that's what I remember of Walker, Texas Ranger, because I found the Chuck Norris stuff was I don't know, just didn't. Yeah, didn't yeah, work yeah. Chuck it's Norris. A comic book on television. It's a comic book. Yeah, yeah. Chuck Norris is he's. Uh, I would put Chuck Norris. Just above Steven Seagal, in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is like both of them. I, I feel like neither of them can act. They're always the good guy. They're always the perfect alpha male. That and and oh, yeah. and they're never allowed to lose a fight. It's like if you, <laughs> if you ever see a Steven Seagal movie where, in which he loses a fight. I remember. I, I think I've told the story before of Steven Seagal how. He was in a film called Executive Decisions with Halle Berry and Kurt Russell, and there's a bit. It, it's I mean, the film. It's a. It was. It's a 1996 film. It, I, I, I'm not that bothered about giving spoilers, but it's about the only Steven Seagal movie I've seen in which he dies. And I, remember, and I remember in in that film we watched it in Nigeria or like all of our films. We, we were into the, we loved that under siege, uh, was on broken ground, um, out for out for justice. All these Steven Seagal just movies. Hard to kill. Hard to kill. Yeah, we laughed them all up. We laughed up all the students ago. I remember we were watching executive decisions and there's a bit where because he gets killed by getting sucked out of a plane while it's in midair. And we were like, Oh yeah, well, we're just gonna wait to see how he's gonna come back, how he's gonna survive this, because we yeah, never yeah, yeah. seen him die in a film. <laughs> and, and it came and it happened that the film ended the the credits roll and we're like, What? Oh, you mean he actually died? <laughs> you mean he actually died an hour ago? <laughs> but yeah, and I think Chuck Norris has a similar thing uh, where he, he, it was all about him being this 1980s hard man. Let's go destroy all the places that are not America. Yeah, I think, I th- I think it was, I think it was the, probably be, when he appeared in the Bruce Lee film, you know, Way of the Dragon. I think that yeah. probably put him on the acting stage yeah. because yeah, it did. I think he was in a film I don't know if it was called Delta Force or something as well. And he was yeah, in Delta he Force, yes. He's just terrible. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> he's just an awful actor. Delta even, Force, even missing in action. Cameo in one of the, one of the, what's the Stallone films with all the all the characters? The Unbreakable, the not the Unbreakable. The Expendables. I think he even turns up in one of them, doesn't he? He does, yeah. He, d- he does and turn he, up it. Yeah, with like heavenly music, I think, when he appears. Like, oh, my <laughs> God, John Norris. <laughs> 
the best bit of acting he did was in Dodgeball, I think. I was just about to mention Dodgeball. I was just about to mention. What do you think, Chuck Norris? Thumbs up. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Uh, just about, all right. So okay. Oh, uh, 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 yes. We went. We got on on a shawnee shawnee tangent there. <laughs> but anyway, coming back, coming back. Uh, so okay. So now it's up to what I see this week, and I a bit like you, Sean. Not really over, but it's kind of like over the last ten, over the last month or so i've seen quite a few different things but the most recent thing and the thing i think i, well, I would like to is the crown season four so this is the netflix doc uh, not documentary but the netflix show about um it's a, the crown it, it refers to the reign of queen elizabeth ii so the reigning monarch in the uk at the moment and it, it the so each season sort of corresponds with like a decade so the first the first season was about her it starts off with King George the Sixth is is the king, and then it's about her becoming the queen and and all the sort of different fights she's had to she's has to go with. And now we get to season four, and season four is the eighties, which is I think ever since they mentioned the fact that the crown was going to be made and it was going to be about the reign of Queen Elizabeth the Second, there was this. There's one particular character that people have been waiting for since season one to show up. Can anybody guess who that character is? <laughs> Princess Diana. <laughs> Princess Diana, Princess of Wales. And season four is the moment. Season four is the moment where it kicks off in episode one with Margaret Thatcher becoming prime minister in 1979. So becoming the first female prime minister of the UK. And then it carries on all the way through the 1980s. And so you get to go through, um, in this season, we get to see Margaret Thatcher come to power, everything that comes with that. We get to see the Falklands War. We get to see princess diana and prince charles and i think what they have done with the crown i think it's really really clever because the first two seasons you had claire foy who played um who played queen elizabeth and she plays her in her 20s and 30s and then you have olivia coleman taking over and they've jumped forward so i think she's playing her in her 40s and 50s and when you show the two characters like i think that they've done the it's it's the the idea is almost like almost like the queen has become a different person from the young person who never thought that she was going to have to take the throne, who thought she was playing talking about like you know being a young married person in Greece with her husband. Oh, it was somewhere sunny. It might not have been Greece, but with with uh, Prince Philip and they were all in that. Malta, I think they're based in Malta. In Malta, yeah, it was Malta. Yeah, and and because he died, he her dad, her father dies prematurely, so she's thrust into be. And you see Claire Foy fighting with how to become a queen, and then now by seasons three and four, you see a bit where she's almost sort of settled into a pattern, and she's almost sort of just accepted that this is her lot. They have bits where they show she might have wanted something different for her life, but duty takes over. And the crown is really clever because it jumps between three. It, it jumps. There's it's basically three different strands that it jumps between. It ju- there's the family strand where it's just like the royal family is still a family, and you're going to see them bicker, and you're going to see them fight, and you're going to see them try and figure out how to be a royal family. And it goes through the personal royal family bit, then it goes through the political bit that the queen has. So the audiences with her prime minister, because the whole show of the crown actually came came from a show that the that Peter Morgan wrote called The Audience, which is all about the weekly audience that the Queen has with her Prime Minister through the years. And so the audiences with the Prime Minister are a key part of the crown, with her sitting down and essentially at loggerheads with Margaret Thatcher. And so those are some of the best scenes. Some of the best scenes. And then you, you so you have that, you have that, but then you now have this sort of like interpersonal relationship. So the idea of Charles and Diana's relationship plays a big part of this season. 
and and I think this show is brilliant. I think it is. I think the set design is amazing because you know they didn't let them film in Buckingham Palace. So, <laughs> so the the set design is amazing, and the fact that they've had to, they've said, okay, we know these historical things happened. So we know these things happened, but we don't know what was said behind closed doors. So we need to sort of extrapolate and use some artistic license to try and figure out what did the Queen say to Margaret Thatcher in this audience. Mm-hmm. And and I think that the way they've done it is really, really well. The performances are brilliant. I think Oliver Coleman is great as the Queen. She's kind of like this sort of steady thing that everybody sort of revolves around. I think Tobias Menzies as Prince Philip. I, I I love the line between Matt Smith playing a young Prince Philip and Tobias Menzies playing an older Prince Philip. I think he is he is great. Uh, he he you might know him. He's probably best known as being uh, the guy whose wedding it was at the Red Wedding in Game of Thrones. Yeah, he's probably best known as that. Uh, I think in this Josh O'Connor's Prince Charles. I think Josh O'Connor is brilliant as Prince Charles. But obviously, this season, everyone's going to ask, what about Diana? What about Diana? Because that's a very tricky role to get right. Yeah, it's because... caused a lot of controversy. I think the, the, the series is a bit marmite, isn't it? I mean, I've seen some people are... moaning about it a little bit. There's people who are moaning about it. And when I read their moans, I don't really think they have a leg to stand on. Like, uh-huh. like there was, I think there was, a, there was a minister who was saying that Netflix should put a warning telling people that this is a... This is not a documentary. This is like you know, it's a work of fiction. And and um, when the, the and some there's, there was someone who was actually complaining about the portrayal of Margaret Thatcher. And um, I have to say, Gillian Anderson, known for the X Files, she plays Margaret Thatcher, and Ooh. I think her well, looks wise, I think it's great. I think she do, she gives a good performance, but I think it's too mannered because the way she speaks and everything like that, I like. It, it, one thing about the crown does is like they tell you all these stories and you're like what did that actually happen and you go and you you go into a wikipedia hole and you find out that some of the most outlandish things that the crowd puts what actually did happen that this mm-hmm. happened that person did say this and so it makes you go online and actually look at margaret touch and see how she actually spoke and she isn't as mannered as Gillian anderson portrays her she isn't as I don't. It's not as stuck up. I don't think as Gillian Anderson portrays her. So it's um. So that is one thing that we both my wife, uh, wife and I are watching and going. We think that's a bit. Uh, that's a bit extra. You put a bit too much uh, mustard on that. You put a bit too much. Uh, so it's but Emma Corrin who plays Diana. Yeah. Um. Emma Corrin who plays Diana. Is it is it's actually uncanny. There's sometimes when you're watching and you're going, how the heck did they? Wait, she, she, that's Diana. That is Diana, and she plays her as a person. They go through the bit where she goes to on a tour to. They go on a tour to Australia, and she is. This, and there's a bit where they essentially say Australia is still part of the Commonwealth because of Diana and because of people's reaction to Diana. There's a bit where she goes to New York, and you can see different people in the royal family beginning to the way it's put begin to resent the fact that she seems to have found a way of making the family relevant that they couldn't have done. But I, I think it's great. I think it's when you talk about costume drama, this is the gold standard uh, as far as I'm concerned. And I'll give it a four out of five. I'll give it a four out of five. Looking forward to season five where they're switching and Imelda Staunton is going to be playing the queen. Oh, wow. There's okay. actually, it's quite, it's quite interesting that because I didn't realize, I mean, with, with meeting the prime minister, that, that sounds, that makes it a bit more appealing to me, I think, because I thought it was going to be mm. a bit of a melodrama. Do you know what I mean? And, but, yeah. That sounds quite interesting. I mean, my, my I'm, I know the Prime Minister's in it, but my 
one of my favourite programmes is the Windsors. I don't know if you've ever seen the Windsors. Have you seen the Windsors? No, I've not seen it. I'm aware of it. I'm aware of it. That's the opposite end of the spectrum to the crowd. (laughs) Yeah, it is, it is. And I'll tell you what was, what is good. I mean, there's, no, I I haven't haven't got the, um, the the Brit box thing, but they have got a few little snips of of spitting image, the latest spitting image on that. Yes, yes, yeah. On and so uh, that's that's I love that's hilarious. It's hilarious how they've gone. Like, like so yeah, they're they're on YouTube with little clips, you know, and the cabinet, you know, <laughs> it's just great. And old old pretty, you know, like like <laughs> big vampire. It's great. Oh, or pretty, uh, pretty Patel, yeah. Pretty yeah, like oh, you know, yeah. So so that's that's um, I put oh. that to sort of I put that to notify me when when some more come up on YouTube. So. <laughs> All right, we have. We no no. We have less than a minute before Zoom kicks us off. So right, okay. So I I and I think I will say. So I mean, obviously things are shorter now, but I'll just say, in case this cuts us off before it cuts us off, I'll say until next week when we talk about something else that we've seen. It's a goodbye from me. <laughs> okay, it's a goodbye from me, and it's a goodbye from me. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of Netflix versus Cinema. Talk to us on Facebook. <laughs> yeah, okay.